0: Hey, it's Heather, and in this episode of Not Just Heather, we are joined by Mark Diaz from Mark's Movie Collection and the amazing Podcastage community. We hope that you enjoy his stories that he has to share from his journey. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for joining me. It is amazing to have you here. We have an incredible connection that we made through the Podcastage community of all things, and I am excited to talk about the things that you're passionate about and the connections that you've made along the way. So welcome.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I am excited to be here and overjoyed to be here, really, to to just speak with you and to to have a good time.
0: Yay. Uh you're amazing. We've been we've had our connection for quite a while now, and I love it and you've also been incredibly supportive of all the things that I've done over my content creation journey which is amazing. I don't take it for granted. I really appreciate everything that you've
1: done honestly not not to to pay compliments to the host but i you know just not just that i should say because i'm definitely going to do that but i i do strongly believe in in what you're doing and i enjoy consuming it and i enjoy listening to the work that you do uh you know tuning into the streams when i can of course because live streaming is a whole different tier of thing of animal it's a different animal versus the podcast that we've all come to know and love that we're doing now yeah. So, I'm happy to to, you know, just have this connection and to really have the positivity that it brings because, you know, ultimately I think that you are a very positive person, you're a wonderful person and I'm I'm glad to to know you.
0: Aww, likewise. I also appreciate your insight cuz you know me almost better than I do, which I think is a perspective thing and I get very internal in my head and don't can't see the bigger picture and you've said shared some things with me that have just really helped identify things that I couldn't pinpoint or give me a different fresh perspective on things and that has been invaluable over the years.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I've definitely learned a lot of things through, you know, personal experience and I'm more than willing to share them with you if if they are helpful. Yeah. So, you know, please at any point just if you need anything just let me know.
0: Thank you. Well, we came together because of Podcastage, which is a big audio gear community. And I wanted to know your origin story. We've, I've, you've joined me for the Sunshine Summit before, but if you wanted to share about how you found that community.
1: Uh, interestingly enough, it was looking for microphones. I mean, mm-hmm. not interestingly enough. It's pretty obvious, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, it was looking for microphones. I was starting a concept with some friends of mine, which became my website, which to plug it now is, or not my website, but a website that is scumbags.com, S-C-U-M-M. B-A-G-S, and that is the acronym for the Script Creation Utility for Maniac Mansion. The reason that that's important is that my friends and I were at the time, basically, after work, we would get together and we would play The Dig, I believe was actually the game that we were playing, which was a LucasArts game built on the SCUM engine, which is why that makes sense now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was looking for information on how to build that uh, that content, that content creation with them to learn about microphones and things like that. And, and I came across the podcastage videos and they were well done reviews, even though they've gotten better with time, absolutely 110%, because this is like 2016 ish. I, m- I want to say maybe or 2017, somewhere in there, yeah. probably earlier, but it, it was, it's been a while. And, um, you know, just the, the, that information and then the, insight on those microphones was really great so i started there and it turns out that uh you know microphones are fun audio is fun and i joined the discord and i I found a wonderful community of people uh to be a part of i'm definitely passionate about the community too i love to participate as much as i can you know life circumstances obviously uh play a part in in that and and just you know generally being busy and and things like that. So I I, I love to participate in the community as well. I try to help out where I can, where I feel like I can. I try to make jokes all the time and the worse, the better. If uh, people laugh, that's great. But at at worst, they're going to feel good about themselves in that they aren't making the stupid jokes that I'm making. (laughs) So I think it's a net win, no matter what I do.
0: Yeah. I love the connections you come up with. I can't think of things that fast or that clever and witty and (laughs) just, that made me laugh. And so, yeah, you're amazing, a part of that community. Um, some When you've joined me for the Sunshine Summit, we've talked about Mark's Movie Collection. It's one of my favorite film podcasts.
1: Oh, my God, thank you.
0: Uh, you've watched films that I haven't watched, but you share them in a way that you're so passionate about it.
1: I think I've always really liked movies and TV and things like that. As a child, I watched a lot of it. I, I played sports as well, mm-hmm. but primarily my... My drive or or the things that brought me pleasure were a little more cerebral. So even though I was at times playing two sports at the same time, which was very very difficult for my parents, obviously, because they were shuttling me around everywhere uh, every Mm -hmm. day, basically, at that point. Video games and music and movies have always been just this this massive... And books, actually. I I take that back. Books are a huge one, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I was a voracious reader. Now I'm less... Uh, of an avid as i'd like to be and it's mostly down to time yeah but you know because it, it just it takes it's a time investment of eight ten you know even longer to read a book and i, I can't do audiobooks so that doesn't work out for me but i found that i love all of, all of these things but movies are ones that i'm able to talk about a little more in depth. I, I love music to death. I started out uh, several kind of experimental podcasts on on scumbags to to see how I felt about them. And the first one that I actually worked on was Mark's music collection. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it. I really liked doing it, but I found that I didn't necessarily have as much vocabulary in music as I do in movies. And, and that comes from theory and having the ear for it and things like that, which takes a lot of time, practice and experience aside from, you know, some amount of talent. Yeah. So I dropped out of playing an instrument at a young age for the wrong reasons, really. And in my old age, I've, I've tried to make up for everything that I felt was deficient, uh, mm-hmm. kind of, uh, uh, when I was younger. So I watch more movies. I listen to more music. I try to play more games again because time and, and things. So basically, the easiest one is, is music. So I started there and I really enjoyed it, but I felt that without the music, in the podcast itself, I wasn't uh, sufficiently communicating it. Mm-hmm. And I look now to, to music uh, educators and, and and music essayists like Adam Neely, specifically on YouTube, who I absolutely adore. Yeah, And one of the major advantages is that he is able to speak about it very intelligently, but also create it to communicate it better, to mm-hmm. break it down and things like that. And I was lacking that. But in movies, I was uh, an avid photographer as well and i did a lot of film photography and i've again you know pulled back on that due to time and, and facilities i didn't necessarily mm-hmm. want brown stains all over my bathroom <laughs> you know my wife was definitely not crazy about that idea yeah. but uh you know just things like that and 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 being able to leave the house and kind of wander freely and things like that were were a big part of me as a as a photographer that i've pulled back on and You know, I see, uh, you know, our mutual acquaintance, Ben Brown's uh, book, and I am so inspired by it because it's really beautiful work, but it's also found work like I would do more often than not. I just kind of was in the world trying to be present and trying to observe as much as I could. So from that, I learned the language of photography and I could speak about movies a little better because it's similar uh, in that you describe visuals and tone and, and, and things like that. So that's why the movie collection has taken off more because I can more readily talk about that because I, I think I, I practice that skill or, you know, that art more so than I did music and, and more recently as well.
0: Yeah. So what are films for you? What are movies for you? What is photography for you?
1: So I think that, um, Architecture is actually going to roll into this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm an architecture fan. I don't know too much about it, but I'm definitely of a, a fan of architecture, of good architecture. And there's a movie that I'm going to talk about in a second that kind of intersects those two things. But they are an experience, uh, and 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 music can be too, right? Where uh, I've heard songs that that freeze me, that I I stop, I pay only attention to it, I get goosebumps. I've seen uh you know art artwork, photos, murals, uh paintings, what have you. And I've seen movies that absolutely I don't want to say chill me because that that's a negative connotation, but it's kind of the same thing, but more an awe mm-hmm. than a fear. Mm-hmm. But they freeze me. I am frozen. I am I am captivated is the word maybe yeah. that I'm looking for. And uh one of them, which I saw not too long ago, I think last year is the first time that I, I'd come across it it's called Columbus, and it's by a Korean director that goes by a mononym of uh, Kogonada, I believe. And it stars John Cho and uh, Hayley Lou uh, I, I forget her last name, but I, th- I believe her first names were like Haley uh who's a younger actor. Mm-hmm. And this takes place in the city of Columbus, Indiana, which is widely known to be the modern architecture mecca of the United States. Cool. So this is a very small town that has like per capita, like the most amazing modern architecture. And it is a striking movie in the the content of the movie, as well as the composition of the movie with these uh, essentially other works of art. You know, they're essentially filming movies in front of artwork, but uh, also the movie itself and the the plot and the characters and things like that. The music. All of it really just kind of froze me. It was an experience. I was experiencing it. I, you know, I'd like to think that I'm pretty empathetic in terms that I can readily uh, project others' feelings on myself and things like that. Mm -hmm. And in in movies, that is particularly easy to do. So I definitely, you know, uh, visually, emotionally have an experience in film that is hard to replicate. And when film and music meet in a good way, that's the best. It's it's really awesome. So that's where all of this, I think, comes from.
0: That's amazing. It sounds like it's like an immersive experience for you. It is. And that it captures and hits on all of those touch points for you, which is just incredible. And then movie and music together is, sounds like magic. You know, when those those perfect things that can't be described in any other way, but you need those both elements to make, make that magic happen. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you shared. That passion and the things that you've watched in Mark's movie collection now. So you brought up an interesting point in our notes. Our podcasts art?
1: Yeah, I guess there's, you know, different ideas of art. Mm-hmm. I feel that there are are many types of art and there's what are no- normally called the fine arts, mm-hmm. which is very highbrow and very much like oil painting and, you know, what have you. And then there's modern art, which kind of takes a lot of it and flips it on its head and you have Dadaism and the whole thing with uh, you know, Warhol painting cans and a toilet and saying, "Hey, yeah, this toilet is art. <laughs> so, you know, and there's pop art as well, which is like this very trivial thing, but elevating it in a certain way, which is almost mocking art as an art form. So I don't think that podcasts are necessarily any of that, but I think that they fall into a lot closer to a broadcasts uh, or journalistic type of art. I think that journalism is art. I feel that I should say that not everybody practices it that way but if you look at you know pulitzer prize winning journalists or 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 pieces i think that they are above well above the the rote communication of facts Mm -hmm. and i think um you know uh, roger ebert is notably one who's written books on movies and things like that who's writing if you read his reviews is really quite beautiful on on occasions, on more than a couple occasions. And I think that there are journalistic productions that have more of the conceit of art. Like if you've ever seen uh, regular car reviews, regular car reviews is just car reviews. But um, the gentleman behind it has, I guess, one of the better English degrees (laughs) and really goes into it in a very interesting insightful and oftentimes beautiful way as well as being very vulgar it's great it's wonderful and i think that that is art even though it's a car review you know one of the more simple mechanical visceral things uh, is elevated into art in video form yeah. so i think that podcasts live in that space i think that uh we as podcasters both you and i we are performing it is probably a performance art mm-hmm to a certain extent and and we are creating this this narrative we are fashioning the story we are doing all of these things so i do think that it is an art i don't you know it's not quite dance it's not that but it is maybe the democratization of of radio and putting it in the hands of artists versus you know professionals so to speak where anybody can can make a podcast and from that we've Uh, received so much trash but also so many wonderful things yeah you know i'd like to think that i'm somewhere in the middle
0: (laughs) i think you're well well above the middle point there but i love that i think that podcasts are a form of expression whether that's self-expression if you're doing it that way or just you're expressing something about the topic that you're covering and to me that is art
1: absolutely an
0: expression of something sharing your interpretation of it you can be very creative in the the podcast format, um, the sound space you make, the way that you narrate it, the performance part of it. Like you were saying, so many different things. There's the sciency element to it, the audio stuff which gets technical, and I like that. <laughs>
1: like, oh, I love it.
0: <laughs> I mean, here here comes back to our podcastage connection with the, yep. the techy stuff, but. There is so much in it. There's all of those elements in it. And that's why I love it. And that you can, you can start one, I can start one. they can be totally different. They don't have to be aligned with anything else. And I, it's freeing. If that makes sense, the power of voice and the way that you're able to share it is, is amazing. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it's wonderful. And, and it is self-determining. You, you determine your path, your cadence, everything about it, the tone, is solely the creator unless you're in a creative team then it's the creative team yeah. so be it but i just i i do think that it is art and i agree with you a thousand percent that it is self-expression ultimately i could have eliminated 90 percent of what i said and just said self-expression i think you put a very uh succinct point forward with that
0: i'm not cutting out any of what you said though because it was beautiful <laughs> in and of itself it was a beautiful expression of all of the things and secretly. That's kind of what I've got to try and do is kind of, like, make sure I've summarized what I heard you say. I'm going to cut this bit out. But <laughs> just, oh, gosh. I've, I'm going to, this is a segue, I'm sorry. But I have had that whole complex of talking to people and interviewing them. And then I find conversations really hard. It's been a long time since I've had them like this. Uh, I have no idea how I did all of the Sunshine Summits many moons ago because I cannot, could not do that anymore. I have that many conversations with that many people in a week, even.
1: Well, you made it look easy.
0: Thank you. That was just. You did. Who knows how to, I was a different person back then, but
1: I, I, I think we all were. Uh, yep. I've forgotten how to have a, I've forgotten how to have a conversation in in, in person. Oh I don't know when when I should walk away. I don't I don't understand that anymore. I'm out of practice. Yeah. So I think that that we are all different people in in different ways for different reasons. Yeah. So I agree with you, but you made it look easy. It was it came it was great. It was awesome. Thank and I you. loved watching all the guests that I, you know, probably didn't know of before. Some I did, I guess yeah. through the connections that we already had. Yeah. But the Sunshine Summit was eye-opening in a lot of ways.
0: Thank you. I love I love the premise behind it, and that's why I'm glad to be doing this project, to be able to do it in a different, slightly different way. Uh, Though it's amazing to have a live audience, it is also very full on. So yeah, but I'm glad to be here. And I just think I want to be a good host. And sometimes I found myself like having all these conversations, listening back, and I'm like, oh boy, you didn't hear what they said. So yes, anyway, sidetrack over (laughs) otherwise we'll be here forever i'm sorry Uh,
1: this is actually my normal modus operandi is sidetrack and then sidetrack from there and then try to make enough random turns to get back to where you were going or just (laughs) skip that entirely and and jump to the next street over
0: yeah (laughs) but that's in and of itself to the art form right it's finding the journey along the way it's not going to be the same you can make a format sure and you can have a layout or whatever, but you can experiment and tweak, and you can think of something, can go off on a tangent, and that's wonderful and magical. And however you manage that afterwards, good luck to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. again, it is self-expression and self-determination in the most liberal uh, interpretations. Yeah. You, you literally everything it does not exist, and you create all of it. Yeah. So it is, I think, definitely art, and and again, I think that you uh, summarized it. So perfectly.
0: Okay, that's cool. (laughs) In terms of podcasts, and they have show notes, how do you feel about them as being a part of the podcast? Do you think that they can be more impactful than the podcast itself?
1: I don't know that they can be more impactful. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I, I, I I would assume that it is possible, yes. However, I do think that they are part of the medium Mm -hmm. that most people don't embrace yeah and i think that that is a a legacy of podcast technology podcast started in 2006 2008 is when the rss feed uh, was a concept i think 2006 it's really early on in what we now consider the modern internet Mm -hmm. youtube was started in 2005 just for context there was no easy way to To go and watch videos except for like Newgrounds and things like that. YouTube became a verb at that point. So in 2006, our our mobile devices were very primitive. And the primary way to consume a podcast wasn't a computer necessarily or even uh, your cell phone, but your iPod, Mm -hmm. which had excessively limited ability to communicate to you this rich format. And. In now in twenty twenty one, I almost said twenty sixteen. Like if it was going to be, that's many, many, many years ago already. At this point, this is how you know that I'm old. Is um, you know, five years is like that just happened. It was five years ago. We can have this rich presentation on our cell phone in the show notes of the podcast app, mm-hmm. and I I think that the general convention has been to remain the same, and and there are people who advocate for convention for show notes and things like that. And what I started doing first off, I always forget something mm-hmm. in a podcast. I always do no matter how long it is. It could be one hour, two hours, four hours or whatever the case is. I will always forget something. And I will remember as I'm typing the show notes or as I'm editing it and I don't want to throw it in there or whatever the case is. Yeah. So what I, I what I found was that there was It was as free as there are no show notes to now I create these show notes from whole cloth. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I started to do was just make it almost a companion in a lot of cases or, uh, just a random tangent or whatever the case is. I would sometimes in the process of typing the show notes, take those sidetracks and sidetrack from there. And it was, it was fun for me. And I am, Mm -hmm. I guess, a self-indulgent creator if I, if I want to be a little critical of myself. So I did it and uh, here we are, you know, but this is a a, a part of the medium that convention has yet to fully embrace and people are to lesser degrees getting there with images and things like that. But nobody thinks that a winning strategy is to write a 5,000 word essay in your show notes. And primarily that's because of the idea that no one's going to read them Mm -hmm. and people don't read them because they don't really don't have anything useful. So. It's a weird cycle and I decided to ignore the cycle and ignore convention and, you know, just go for it. But I, I do think that it is a reward, like reading the liner notes on an album, which is one of my favorite things, which is where I found a lot of Easter eggs like that. Um, So one that I can think of off the top of my head is Things Fall Apart by the Roots. And that was an album that came out in 2001, I want to say, and in the liner notes for that is uh Quest Love, the drummer of the roots, essentially writing about experiences and essays, like almost like essay form, but not as structured. And I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was again self-expression and just that little extra for the people who care to go that deep into it. Yeah. And I've I've always stayed with that. I I bought that album when it came out. That album got me through some times in high school and it's it's things like that uh the the little things that we don't even realize influence us until we're asked a question about it that stay with us that you know i i think make art as well right uh and for some people that's trauma or pain or whatever the case is but for people like me who are maybe a little more pedantic than average it's liner notes in an apple (laughs)
0: I love that. That is very interesting because I'm one of those people too. I will take out the liners and the things and I will read them all. And if there are lyrics to the song, that's amazing. But you can discover gems inside there. And I love your show notes. And your show notes have inspired one of our other friends. I also love things when, like, TV series have companion stuff, like The Expanse is an example I'm going to use because it's one that I have know of recently where they had one of the star's would do interviews with other cast members, I've forgotten his name, but he is
1: is kind it of what, a... West, what West Chatham That's
0: it, yes,
1: yeah, he's That's... so great in the show. I love his character so so much,
0: so do I, and he does this amazing uh companion thing. I don't know whether it was Amazon Prime or whatever whoever is running that show, but however, yeah. they managed to get to that point to do these videos is so good. I love extra things. And I love that you've taken that opportunity to make something out of that space that you have in the show notes because it is fun and it is there and why not? Why stick to convention? And you never know what gems might pop out of that because someone might message you and go, hey, I saw this in your show notes
1: yeah the greatest thing would be that somebody gets something out of that that they never expected yeah really wonderful surprise that would be excellent
0: i love it i also love listening to your show and then i'm i'm sorry that i give you a running commentary of what i think <laughs> no no
1: please i i love it like please feedback yeah if i'm doing something bad please tell me
0: i will but it's not ever that it's just i love sort of making my notes as i go along listening because you bring up so many different things and I've really enjoyed kind of your more conversational episodes that have been slightly looser, but have just had something, a little sparkle in them outside of the, I like all of your podcast episodes, but I'm just saying.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, so there have been some where I literally wrote the entire thing out mm. and you might be surprised which ones those are because some of them are very long yeah uh but i i wrote all of that out over hours because you know i'm i guess i'm not very fast at it some people who are journalism majors and are accustomed to things like that are much much better at it i've then prepared nothing on on some of them and i feel that i don't necessarily need a convention there either i can i'm, I'm free again as the creator to do as i will that's
0: so liberating. I think that's what I love about Podcaster. But I have also been in the trap where I have put myself in my own little box and thought I can't do anything outside of the thing that I made, which is very not helpful. But you've been a particular person who has helped me see outside of that box.
1: I'm always happy to help.
0: <laughs> what challenges have you faced around creating podcasts?
1: Honestly, lately it's been time, mm-hmm. the most part. So I mean, you know, obviously it's 2021. We've been, we've been, I say we, not not necessarily you. I've been at home, like pretty much at home, only at home, working mm-hmm. from home for over a year at this point. Yeah. And in that, well, we had a baby and we already had a child. So there's a lot going on and there's not a lot of latitude in the responsibility of, of caring for our children and things like that. So, you know, with family, we've managed to overcome that or, or to at least persevere and 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 get through it so far. And, and it's been challenging but wonderful at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it ultimately, it's time and energy because it does take me a lot of time to make these podcasts as good or bad as one might think that they are because they vary wildly. Again, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't stick to any one process. I just do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> and it can take a lot of time. It can it can be relatively quick, but it's still at least one movie's length of of watching. It's usually two minimum. Because the first one I'm like trying to understand what I'm getting into, especially if I haven't seen the movie before or I mm-hmm. have, haven't seen it for many years. And then the second one I'm I'm being a little more analytic about it. So it's time and and energy because then I go and I record and if it's a you know one hour recording, it's probably about an hour 30 maybe an hour 40 on, on occasions of actual recording mm-hmm. not all of it speech but i'll you know step off step away and, and, and do something or whatever the case is and then you know probably three times that in editing so only three times time. oh
0: my gosh <laughs> I,
1: I probably more than three times uh there was one where i was re-rendering the entire uh podcast every time that i made changes so that i could hear it on my phone on my Uh. you know with my airpods and see how it sounded and Mm -hmm. if i missed anything and things like that and that render would take about an hour because Uh. i just am effects i'm i like gear i like plugins i have a lot (laughs) of plugins going on Mm -hmm. more than one might think and um that one i I re-rendered that podcast about 20 times so that's 20 hours just in rendering obviously i would just walk away from it and once it ended up in my Dropbox, I would listen to it on my mobile device. But th- that one took a long time to produce.
0: Yeah. How do you feel about the time and effort that goes into making make this thing that is whatever it is for you? Like, is it a passion project?
1: It's definitely a passion project. No, it's a thousand percent a passion project. I don't ever expect to make money from making a movie podcast. It would be awesome if I could. Yeah but that is not my expectation. So I get a, a couple things out of it. I get knowledge. Mm-hmm. I I like learning things. I like learning about things. And I can't recall exactly what was my gateway into podcasts themselves. Okay. I think I was already listening to them once I found uh, the Bandrew Says podcast, but maybe not as intently. I know that I've been listening to to some tech ones for several years now, but I've also been in the podcast as Discord for several years now. So it's hard for me to really pinpoint exactly when all that happened. But I started to really like them because initially I was going to do more video content, but I found that I could do audio and I I started to listen more and I started to like it more and then get more into the production aspect of it and... So I think learning about making podcasts better makes me appreciate podcasts all that much more, mm-hmm. it, it, as opposed to some people who are like, oh, I can't ever turn off. I'm the opposite. I always want to be on. I'm not only listening to the podcast, but I'm also thinking mm-hmm. about where are they recording? You know, what are they recording on? All all, all of those things. Did they edit a piece out of this one? Did, did it, did, it, did they go off the rails and they cut it? in to Mm -hmm. just kind of bring it back and and things like that you know what i think it was wtf podcast with mark marion i think that they did an episode with dave Grohl or mark Marin did for the movie sound city which came up on the podcast's discord recently i think somebody recently discovered it cool and again that comes back to the love of music i really loved that uh foo fighters album that came out wasting light that was on repeat for a long time i have the record somewhere behind me uh over there awesome so that's where that actually came from. I just it took me a minute of of vamping essentially for time to mm-hmm. dig out that memory. <laughs> that's cool. Um, but yeah, it was just a wonderful experience where I was already engaged in this music, and then I get to engage with uh, the musician a little more, and then I understand that oh hey, there's a guy that does this you know several times a week with a bunch of people, and that's where I got into it. But then I wanted to learn more about how does this happen, and here I am. So not only do I get the freedom of creation, the control that I am the the creator of this own little pocket universe that I have, mm-hmm. but I learn more about it, and I appreciate all of the other ones that I listen to, all the all you know even more. Yeah, at that point, so it's a, it's a, a bit of a feedback loop. Interestingly enough, that seems to work.
0: That's good. <laughs> That's cool. What about uh, you? What do I get from podcasts? Yeah, for me? I I love that there's a place that I can make that is my own that I can share it I'm not too concerned with how that goes but my idea is to if I can shine a little light on the world in whatever shape or form that I do it in and that is like a, my running theme I mean if anyone knows me mine now <laughs> you know then my underlying theme is to to kind of radiate sunshine wherever I go uh, yeah, no, absolutely
1: I, a thousand percent that holds true. Yes. That's not like an exaggeration if anybody is, is in disbelief. No, that's a thousand percent true.
0: Achievement unlocked. <laughs>
1: no. Yeah, for sure.
0: But the point behind that was cause that, that in turn helped me be positive. Like mine is sort of like a coping strategy. It's one of the things that I do to help cope with everything. Trying to help cheer someone else up or do something to help someone else helps me, and being able to make a make something that is so positive, but not always positive. Just there's an underlying theme of that upliftingness uh, in all that I do to try and help me cope under underneath it all. Yeah,
1: that's that's amazing. That's that's beautiful. That's wonderful.
0: Thank you. And then it also was a trap, and it also trapped me into. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm going to be honest, it was a trap and it trapped me into um, you can get really I, I can get really passionate about things and become extremely motivated and find ways to squeeze time out of life to make things that I'm super passionate about. And then if I can't maintain that, which happens when you don't set boundaries and things in place to to give your space time to do that or whatever and life, I mean, life will just suck time out of you anyway. Then in my head, I can make traps and I had a, had a solid plan for what I wanted to do. And that fell by the wayside. And then it became a trap of trying to release weekly things to fit conventions. And I'm glad you brought up conventions because that's a good way of thinking about it. Not all conventions are bad, but sometimes they are traps in that they think they make you think that's the only way you can do something when that is not the case at all.
1: Yes. That is a very astute observation right there.
0: And so I have been for a while, though I wasn't in a very good place before 2020 happened. So I'm grasping at straws at this point (laughs) to try and uh, get through, but there's still, there's still that underlying spark that podcasts hold for me, that art form, that self-expression, that manner of coping, the amazing opportunity to have this conversation with you today is because we've made it happen.
1: Oh, that's awesome! That's excellent. You're you're having a a, a bit of a time creating in in, in 2021. You know, uh, are there any other maybe things that that you do to create? Are you are you cooking? I know that you were doing uh, mindful meditation and and things like that. Where are you at?
0: Yeah, that's what this whole project, Just Heathers, came about from. Was I needed a space to be able to share? things and it actually was partly inspired by the books that you got me into by Austin Cleon. Uh oh awesome. Yeah. I have loved those books. I have them on my shelf and refer to them often. Uh still like an artist.
1: Uh show your work, I think is one of them.
0: Show your work and keep going.
1: Keep going, yeah.
0: Just I mean it's all very common sense things, but it just helps to be able to read it and to have it there in the simple format that it is. It's amazing. And so I needed or I wanted both a place to be able to I'm a creative person at heart. I like doing all sorts of different things, whether it be play music. I'm getting into playing guitar this year. That's a new thing that I've done. I bought myself a guitar fantastic. for Christmas.
1: <laughs> awesome.
0: Thank you. Uh, exciting. I'm terrible, but it's okay. I'm loving it. doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> it's been I- a couple months. Don't be so hard on yourself.
0: <laughs> I need to be perfect now. No, I'm just kidding.
1: No, that's, first- that's how I think about things a lot of times, yeah. too. So I understand where you're, where you're coming from.
0: Thank you. Oh, it's good to know you're not alone in that. Uh, but I, the first song I learned to play on the guitar was Stand By Me by Benny King. And I thought that was like a whole thing in and of itself. So I was, as I said, trapped in my head about my other project, which I got very passionate about in 2017. The podcast for Sunshine and Power Cuts was not meant to be what it became in a way. Uh, great that it, great, so grateful that it went that way because it has blown my mind. And the number of people that I hear from who still listen, that has an impact on us huge. And that's beyond something that I could ever imagine. You know, you don't understand or can fathom the ripple effect that something you make can have on the world until it comes back to you.
1: Of course. Yeah.
0: I got in my head about that project. So I wanted a way of being able to release things. I'm passionate about all sorts of different things and have a place to put that. And so I made the banner just heathers and then there's like a blog and I like writing so I thought I would do a blog this time around, uh, which I should have done for Sunshine of Power Cuts because then it would have more adequately journaled my experience, which I then would have had to draw on to make podcasts. As you,
1: I mean, that's a pretty smart approach. Definitely not the one that I take, but it's very smart.
0: It is smart until you think of it after the fact and it's too late down the road yeah. <laughs> and then you have to start from there. Um, I the think hindsight's wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> really?
1: Yeah, it's, it's great for me to beat myself up with.
0: Oh, yeah, I use it as a beating stick quite often, too. <laughs> yeah. So I did this Just Heathers thing, and having Just Heathers is kind of my thing, but also wanted to take the theme of the Sunshine Summit, which is where I connect with other people because I love connections. I am an introvert, so I do like my own space, but having not just Heathers <laughs> to be able to talk to other people has been incredible.
1: That's great. That's wonderful. I loved the Sunshine Summit the first time that I did it. That was the first time that I'd ever been asked to guest on anyone's, you know, production. And, it was so interesting and fun and, and refreshing to, to be welcomed into someone's space that way. So it was, you know, I, I'm, I really, I do enjoy it. And I'm glad, you know, I don't know if this is the right time for plugs, but, uh, you know, we, we have some, some common, uh, acquaintances who are from the, on the subject podcast. And I just did a recording with them and it was, wonderful as well and uh, you know i think that the that's part of our community again is these wonderful friendly and welcoming people who are open to to having Mm -hmm. conversations and to you know to really just participating in in a social way so you know conventions or no conventions or whatever the case is i am absolutely uh pleased down to the bones to be here
0: yay I also love that, as you mentioned, the tech, when you're behind like a tech, something that's helping the communication in terms of tech, and you said that it kind of, my interpretation of this that it helps you open up and make that space to go on whatever tangents you want to or talk about and discuss the things that you want to discuss, whether you're by yourself or here with me today.
1: The technical mediation, it it does, uh, I guess, you know, release some inhibition Mm -hmm. in just having a conversation I think a little bit, it's also the the dedicated uh, nature of it. You know, we have agreed to meet at such a enti- such and such time and have the conversation. I, it does feel a little more welcoming than just walking up to somebody or calling someone up out of the blue without warning where they may not be in a place to do that, yeah. right? So, you know, it's the mutual understanding that we're here to to communicate with each other and things like that, that definitely helps. And, you know, in other forms like... Uh, in discord or well discord primarily it's open to you can send a message and if people don't have time they don't reply and that's okay. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a, a big part of it for me. I, I think that I am maybe overly sensitive sometimes to to other people's uh time and, and availability and things like that. I, I feel like that's not always reciprocated in professional settings as well. Mm-hmm. So you know it's just one of those things where I definitely am aware of all of that all the time, maybe too, uh, uh, too much aware of it. But, um, you know, again, podcasting being a an asynchronous kind of one-way medium also is very interesting. And people consume it when they can, when they're available, yeah. if, when they're driving, when they're mowing the lawn, when they're washing the car, when they're doing laundry. So, you know, it's definitely an interesting medium in and of itself in that it's fairly unique in that way.
0: Yeah. I love that too, that it has helped me make time and space for me. I am there. I make time to sit down and do the thing and have that space. And I honestly, the reason behind doing a solo show was that I didn't have that pressure of having to organize schedules and be with someone else. Totally love and appreciate though having someone to bounce off of. That's what makes a solo show so hard is that you are then carrying the whole load and but it also gave me the space to do whatever I wanted completely.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's both wonderful and terrible.
0: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Without that thing on other people's time. But that lesson about asynchronicity of time, I've learned a lot with this content creation journey and in Discord communities. I've seen a lot of things where people get quite upset when people don't reply straight away. But I have come to have a very... I love when someone can spend time with me. It blows my mind. I... Don't take it for granted. I'm incredibly grateful um, because I don't expect it, I guess. That's a <laughs> self esteem issue, maybe, if we're going to get that psychological about it. Yeah. But listen,
1: we are, uh, I'm yeah. looking in a mirror right now, is all you're telling me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you were talking before, I was nodding my head. Not that you can see me, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's been a, a huge, important lesson. I, I, and it has helped me though, in that I can send out requests, for example, for like a project like this and not be so crushed if I don't hear back from someone or whatever happens, because I've come personally have a deeper understanding.
1: Yeah. I I think that a lot of people uh, gravitate towards cooking in that way as well. I I know that my father really enjoys cooking and he's like, it de-stresses me. I'm quite the opposite. I am very flustered whenever I'm cooking and primarily the the background track running in my head is i'm gonna mess this up uh-huh. i don't know about you I, I i think that you're probably a pretty good cook
0: i hate cooking I but not. um I, so really i don't, okay. I, don't I, can, I do it because i have to i don't and enj- i don't always enjoy it it's more of a necessity rather than a passion like it is for your dad so
1: yeah no i'm i'm exactly the same way i did not realize that we were so like in so many ways <laughs> but yeah my my dad legitimately likes to cook and he's pretty good at it and i think that you know it, it, from our side, looking at it and, and and consuming this this good food, it seems like it just happened overnight. But I, I think it happened over time. I just was you know non-existent to a very small child for the majority of it. So I think learning that has has helped me a bit. But you know, he considers it a place where he's also in control and where he's able to uh, really affect on a you know in a big way the outcome of events really. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm more of a sandwich person myself. I don't know about you, but uh, if I'm sandwich. left to my own devices, I'm I'm eating the the lowest maintenance meal that I can possibly make.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know. Sandwiches can get kind of technical. What you put on them?
1: Uh, they can. Uh, I mean, there there's definitely simple sandwiches and complicated sandwiches. And uh, I mean, I might be going on a limb here, or maybe not. Maybe I'm just. I think maybe I'm a little behind the curve here, but I think the sandwiches can be considered art as well. I mean, is, is cooking an art, so to speak?
0: Yeah. I think so. I think there's a bit of science behind it. You know, if we want to get technical on that side of things, you eat things, they change form and whatnot. But then there is the art form and self-expression again on how you what things you put together to make something and how you present it. Because, I mean, presentation is a whole other thing with food.
1: Yeah, no. That's I. That's a big thing. That I feel foolish uh, for not even thinking about it. But as as you say these things, I am like she is absolutely one hundred and ten percent correct, and I am not smart. <laughs> yes, you
0: are. Yes, you are. <laughs> that's what conversations are good for. You can come up with something. Yeah. I mean, this is your note point here, and I love it, and I'm glad that you brought it up. And then someone else will bounce off like myself and have something else and it will adds to it. And we learn from each other and it's great. <laughs> it's mutually beneficial. Sure. I
1: mean, <laughs> it is. I think it is. And I, I think it will be because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of into sandwiches right now. Cool. And I was just wondering, like, what, what sandwiches are, are you into? You know, we can trade, you know, some sandwich ideas maybe. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have one that uh, is a little more on the complicated end if we want to start simple. But oh. uh, it's definitely a, a regional Thing so if you want to share something you know regional or cultural please I'm I'm welcome to it.
0: That's exciting. Oh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got. I, I like sandwiches; they're practical. Uh, I have had a problem in the past with gluten, so gluten-free bread is kind oh. of not always awesome. Uh, and then yeah, and I've tried to make it myself as well. I love making bread. I think that's something that came out of lockdown as everyone went and made bread. It seemed like on social media.
1: Oh, interesting! I I did not. <laughs> that was not me.
0: Okay. I like a sandwich, but I like what I get out of them is I like making layers that I think work together. I like thinking about. I don't personally like butter on bread either, so <laughs> I've got gluten free bread and no butter at this point on my sandwich. Okay. But I'll make it to the person too. So if I know that you don't like tomatoes, I won't include tomatoes, but I'll do something else. And so we we'll, we might end up with two different sandwiches, but. From similar ingredients, that's not a complete recipe. But
1: <laughs> I don't necessarily think that that's a problem either. I think that's being very considerate, honestly. So I've definitely had some gluten-free bread that is better than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that swings uh, really strong one way or the other, unfortunately. And I'm yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know I'm I'm at a little more of a liberty in that, fortunately enough. And uh, you know I do prefer of rye and uh pumpernickel swirl. Ooh. So it's it's literally a, a like loaf bread and there's a swirl of pump pumpernickel within the rye bread. Yeah. And it's a really interesting taste. It's unusual. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you've had rye bread. Yeah. But it um it's definitely different. And uh I'll go a uh, simple sandwich. I'll go for uh a turkey roast beef uh combo. Ooh. Maybe a a white american cheese. There's one that I've been ordering that I discovered just out of necessity of not going to the grocery store. <laughs> that is very good. So I put that on everything at this point. And uh, I think turkey roast beef is a good combo. I despise turkey on its own. I I think it's actually really gross in terms of, of cold cuts. Okay. Disgusting. I will probably vomit if I try to eat cold cut turkey alone. But uh, with roast beef, it, it kind of... Uh, The roast beef covers the failure of the turkey, and the turkey assists – it adds to the roast beef, if you will. And I'll put some mustard on it, and that's a a nice, simple sandwich for me on a normal day where I don't have time or energy or inclination to to get a little more involved.
0: But I have a question for you. What kind of mustard is it? Because not all mustards are equal.
1: They are not, and I – sometimes just get different mustards to try different mustards because i like mustard (laughs) so definitely the yellow mustard is normal but i love uh dijon uh spicy dark mustard uh there's a curry mustard that i tried one time that was very interesting you know, I didn't get it again, but it was definitely an adventure. Yeah. So I just, I try different mustards. Uh, that's the the one place where I like to experiment. Maybe is like those minor things. So right now we're into hot sauces. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the hot ones on YouTube. I have. So we order from those folks and there's like a, a subscription service where you get a box of three, you know, every month or whatever the case is. And they're unknown to me ahead of time. And that's okay because I'm going to take them as they come. And experience them, and my wife and I, we've taken to that because it just helps us have a new experiences. Just being at home, yeah. So it's one of those ways that we are experiencing something that we wouldn't have otherwise. So with food, and I, I like the way that the, these hot sauces are made, as different as they are, I think that they are as variable as sandwiches at this point, and I <laughs> think that they could be considered art. There is, there's very uh, rote rudimentary art like the uh turkey roast beef that i will make myself but then there's definitely more complicated and uh, involved things um so the 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 regional i guess uh sandwich or i guess family of sandwiches for me is the cuban sandwich and i know that there have been there there's been a spread of cuban sandwiches because of the popularity of the movie chef Mm -hmm. where John Favreau's character goes and makes Cuban sandwiches out of a food truck in Miami, and that is very appropriate. And the chef, whose name is David, uh, something I can't think of his name, uh, is, is pretty well known, and he uses these very highbrow ingredients that all sound wonderful. But I mean, it's not the normal Cuban sandwich that you would find on the street. But it's primarily, um, a Cuban bread is an interesting bread in that there is no, uh, it, it's uh, essentially wheat, yeast, and lard, oh, if that well. makes sense. Okay. Yeah. It's unlike other bread. It is uh, probably quadruple the calories of other bread. <laughs> but it's a crusty hard crust on the outside or firm crust on the outside, but very thin. Mm-hmm. And then just this fluffy, uh, dense mass on the inside. So it's very unique. And in a Cuban bread, you can get some ham, sweet ham usually. Uh, serrano ham is, is, is usually what's used, mm-hmm. which is a sweeter kind. Uh, roast pork. So, you know, you kind of get a roast pork literally with the graininess of it and, and things like that. And um, usually just a, a, a kind of Swiss cheese or, or something approximating a Swiss cheese. Mustard and pickles.
0: Yum. And
1: I love it. But there's a variation of it called uh, a medianoche or a midnight sandwich that it uses uh, instead of the Cuban bread, it uses um, an egg bread, a sweet egg bread that is more akin to like challah bread, if you've ever had that. And that's my favorite thing, I think, maybe in the world in terms of sandwiches. Wow. And then these are pressed, they're pressed on a hot press, and you know, there might be a little bit of butter in there. I'm not sure. I'm sorry about that, you know, but, um, there's a lot of nuance to how one would make these and uh, I it just, it is an experience.
0: I love that. So they are they always like toasted in the hot sandwich press?
1: Yes. That is actually like kind of a requirement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool.
0: Just checking. <laughs> uh, when I was younger, I, that, that sounds amazing. I've never had a Cuban sandwich, but I would love to eat one gluten aside. Who cares? I just want to eat one of these things, get it in my face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But when I was younger, I used to make toasted sandwiches, or if I was lazy, well, not lazy, but whatever, I would do just bread with tomato sauce. This is going to probably sound terrible, and cheese, and stick another piece on top. I'd either toast the bread first, or just have it as bread, and then stick it in the microwave and melt them. I don't know what they're called, if they have a name.
1: So I call those cheese sandwiches, but I would go lower brow, and I would just put Cheese. cheese and like by cheese I mean like a craft single like the worst cheese, <laughs> and bread. Okay, not uh, toast it, not do anything. I wanted it cold. Yeah, I would roll with two slices of bread, and two slices of cheese. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean it's a thing. We just call them cheese sandwiches usually.
0: Okay. Then I branched out and made peanut butter and cheese, which is very indulgent and almost Ooh. borderline sickly, but amazing. That, no,
1: that's something interesting. Yeah, that's something very interesting. Yeah, hmm. yeah,
0: peanut butter and cheese and melted cheese not cold i don't know if i could do that cold but i probably would but yeah <laughs> and then now i like doing things like making a bigger meal like pulled pork is one of my staples and oh i love pulled pork then yeah. i will make pulled pork buns or sandwiches and yeah thank you
1: That's super good. <laughs>
0: just a drift off and drool
1: <laughs> yeah do you have any secrets uh seasoning or, or sauces or anything like that for the pulled pork uh, or if they're secret obviously don't don't tell the podcast but I mean you can tell me
0: okay well when I'm cheating I use a pre-made pulled pork sauce which has all of the good things in it and makes it amazing and it's by Whitlocks I think I don't know if they're global but they're here and they they have a packet of sauce but what I love about them is that it's a whole experience too because the packaging is very Probably not some, for someone who might get offended easily. Uh, they have, like, the, a picture of the pig on the packaging, and they're like, uh, porkies have to go get slaughtered. You know, it's it's not for the faint of heart, but I just love how okay. straightforward it is, and it's like, slap it in the oven and she'll be right, kind of thing, which is very... Yeah, okay. Resilient. That's great. Yeah, and when they've That's got great. a bolognese sauce too, and it's like, we'll crush the tomatoes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... So if I'm cheating and whatever, it's that way. And then the, eh, the very few times that I make it by scratch, it will be like not making it too sweet. I think you can fall into a trap of making pulled pork too sweet.
1: Yes, mm. I agree.
0: Yeah. That is all.
1: Yeah, that sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, I had dinner, but I'm hungry again.
0: Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> pulled pork and I think lasagna are my two main things.
1: Oh lasagna is one of my favorite things and the the gamut of lasagna in the world is so it's such a beautiful thing mm-hmm. i think how different you can have lasagna from from one uh chef to the next
0: yeah my best friend i've been friends with her forever and her mom knew that i liked lasagna but for whatever reason, she thought that meant vegetarian lasagna. No, I like vegetables. Oh, no. That is not my favorite flavor lasagna. Yeah. And I had to eat it every time I went there because she oh. made it specially for me. I love her, but.
1: Oh, yeah. No. That, that That's a, a tough one. That's a tough one. Especially when it's out of um, goodness. Yeah. You know, it's just misplaced. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh this is, I'm going to have to make a sandwich now, too. I think I might make one for dinner. <laughs> is there anything else that you wanted to cover from our note? I
1: don't know. I mean, that's that's everything that I put in here.
0: Yeah. I've, and we've tied it all in, in in roundabout way.
1: Yeah, actually, I think we did re- better than even I thought. I was like, hey, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. And then I'm looking through. I'm like, no, no, no we did everything.
0: Yeah, amazing. <laughs> they were so such good talking points, too.
1: Yes, I have no issues with anything that has happened whatsoever <laughs> uh, again it's been really really fun
0: i've loved having you mark and where can everyone find the things that you make or connect with you
1: so you can find me on twitter at coolmarkd, cool with a c and mark with a k and everything that i'm making right now is, as far as podcasts and, and really that's the the primary product that i'm making for consumption is on scumbags.com S-C-U-M-M-B-A-G-S, and that'll have all the subscribe links and things like that. Or you can just look for Mark's movie collection in your podcast app or podcatcher, as they call it.
0: Excellent. Thank you. And if you are happen to be a part of the podcastage community, you can maybe catch Mark there. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. And I change my nickname sometimes, but I'm j- it's always a pun with my name in it. So it's always a pun with Mark somewhere in it.
0: Thank you again for your time. A pleasure. Thank you, Mark, for sharing your time with me to have this conversation. And thank you, listener, for listening and sharing your feedback. We would love to hear from you. If you have a connection with Mark or you find one after listening, please share them with us. And if you know someone who might benefit from discovering more about Mark, we would love for you to share it with them too. All of the details of this episode can be found at justheathers.com forward slash guests. Until next time.